Bellevue Residential College at the National University of Singapore. Each week during the semester, I'll be sharing some stories and tips as we explore the art of overcoming adversity, dancing with diversity in university and beyond. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, how are you doing? I know some of you are working on projects with other people and your project is due for submission soon. So if you are currently in a work team that's been exhibiting some kind of challenging dynamics and it's been a bit distressing for you, I hope that today's podcast is going to prove useful for you. Today's episode is called Storming. Now, conflicts in a team can feel like it's the worst thing in the world. Yet, actually, most teams would go through the storming stage in some form or another. Nothing has gone wrong. It's really a feature of team development. Now, what are some relatable examples of conflict or this stage of storming? I had a student who was telling me that Some members of a team prefer to discuss on chat asynchronously, while some other people prefer to have their meetings face-to-face. So now the whole group is in a stalemate because no one wants to arrange for meetings, but at the same time, there is very little or no response at all in their group chat. When something needs to get done, somebody might send a message and there'll be no response. So the result... Well, not much task are getting done. So it's been quite disappointing for her to go through this. And this is a feature of the storming stage in her team. So I remember a phrase that Leo Tolstoy said, all happy families are alike, but each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. (laughs) It's the same for teams because teams are kind of like workplace families. Right? And each group will have its own challenges. And it's what we do about it that matters. And it's what today's episode is all about. Just to summarize, Bruce Tuckman's stages of team development comprises of five stages. We talked about this like two episodes ago. Right? And these stages are forming, storming, norming, performing, and the last one, adjourning. Now, if you're in the first stage of forming, everyone is nice and polite. At the stage of storming, though, the rose-colored lenses all come off. The honeymoon is over. And the early excitement and expectations of the forming stage kind of droops a little bit. Or a lot. But this is really the crucial stage where it calls upon the team to develop not just task-related skills, but also group process and conflict management skills. Now we'll use the STEER model to understand this stage. Remember STEER stands for situation, thought, emotion, execution, and result. Now what kind of situations characterize the storming stage? One, there's a lack of consensus, some disagreements among team members. Maybe someone missed a deadline. Or there could have been some exchanges between members with different clashing or perceived to be clashing personalities. Fourthly, there might be questions being raised about the team leader or the team direction. Any one of these 
could characterize the storming stage. Given this situation, what are some thoughts that these situations bring up? Some thoughts could be, you know, as a team member, you might be thinking, I don't think this method will work. Or you have a thought, doubting your teammate, like this thought, why did she do it this way? Or you might be having thoughts like, I don't know what's going on. So if you have these kinds of thought, what emotions would these thoughts bring up? So these are some possible emotions. You might get frustration right, because there's a lot of disagreements and clashes between the team members. You might also feel discomfort, stress, loss of motivation and enthusiasm that you had in the forming stage. There could be awkwardness, discontent, uncertainty, distracted. Any one of these. Doesn't sound really fun at all, but this is really a stage of the storming process. But there is a way that we can go through this process and to emerge on the other side of healthier team dynamics, which I will talk about later on in this podcast. Now, all these emotions that I just mentioned, it might shift the focus of the team members away from their task for the team. And therefore, it affects the team's progress or process. You know, there's a lot of anxiety when different team members are making observations regarding how the team will respond to conflict. Now, everybody is watching everybody else to see, you know, how can we get through this? So all these different emotions will lead to certain execution of behaviors, right? This could be, well, the team members challenging the leader regarding team goals and processes, or you might see power struggles. You might even see a splintering of the team into different factions or cliques. If in the forming stage, people are polite and nice to each other, at this stage, you know, people might say as it is. And there's likely to be expressions of dissent about the team mission or expectations or roles or responsibilities. You know, this can be directed at the team members or it might be directed to the team leader. Now, if left unchecked, all these different behaviours will lead to R results, such as hindered progress of the team. There is the loss of productivity, right? Because people are upset and it takes the focus away from the task that they're supposed to do. It might even lead to a breakup of the team. So, if your team is currently at this stage and it's definitely not a fun stage to be at, it can be quite distressing. But what do you do? Right? Because it's how we handle the stage that will determine how the team will progress on to the next stage of norming. As we shared in previous podcast episodes, a situation is a given thing. But we always have control over our thoughts. And we can make a choice to choose thoughts that move us forward rather than keep spinning in thought loops. Now here's three methods I'd like to share with you so that you can practice it on your own to cope with the storming stage at an individual level. We'll talk about the group level later on in the podcast. One, acceptance. Honestly, I know it's a very difficult situation to accept because it arises in you such 
difficult emotions to handle, like anxiety or frustration. But really practicing acceptance might help you more than avoiding the situation. Now, when we are faced with something uncomfortable, it is normal to resist it. Now, if you are someone who avoids conflict, you might be tempted to gloss over, skip over the step, or try to avoid conflict at whatever cost. But avoidance as a conflict management strategy has its place, but it's not always suitable for all kinds of conflict. Avoidance could lead to problems growing until it blows up. And when it blows up, this is when you're least equipped to deal with it. So just accepting that this storming stage is inevitable for some groups and focus more on growing the skills needed to evolve ourselves to deal with the conflict. To, for me personally, to help me stop resisting and accept a situation when I'm in a storming stage with any team, I would like to offer to you some thoughts that I have used that are useful for me. So some of the thoughts are sentences such as this, right? This is only for a season. So when I have this thought, I know that this is only temporary and we will get to a better stage in our team. So this thought, it is for a season, is something that's very empowering to me. Next, I have thoughts like, it is normal for people to have different opinions. And sometimes you feel very frustrated, right? Because you see things differently from other people. But once I normalize this, that this is the way it is, obviously, obviously, people have different opinions. And when I tell myself, when we are in a disagreement, I tell myself, it is normal for people to have different opinions. Immediately, I calm down and I get a lot less frustrated. Another thought that I have is, I can hold the tension and still get the task done. Now, sometimes I think that, oh, only if this situation gets resolved, then I can do my task. But it's also worthwhile to have a kind of thing that in spite of the tension that we have, we can still get the task done. I can hold the tension. So I hope that these three sentences and these thoughts that I offer to you, something that I use for myself would help you get through this storming stage. So that's for the first step, acceptance. Second, divorcing the action from the person. So instead of thinking, oh, he's so irresponsible, it might help to try a different emotion, right? So instead of thinking he's so irresponsible and feel frustrated, it might help to try the emotion of curiosity instead. You might want to try and see it from the eye of empathy and think the thought, I wonder why he did it this way. Right, so from a position of curiosity, you might not have to deal with the frustration and it might help to reduce the tension if you were to just be curious about how come this person did it this way and really genuinely want to know about how the other person works or how the other person thinks so that it's easier to align with what the other person is doing and align it with your own expectations about how things should be done versus how things actually are. So this way, it helps to see things not just from my perspective or your perspective, but also understand the other person's thought processes. And this will help you to understand your team member and to be able to see him or her in the best positive light possible.
For example, a colleague might have this approach or mantra of minimum input for maximum output. Now, if you are someone who does everything possible for a given job, you might get this feeling and you feel like your colleague is cutting corners. But what you value may not be the same as what your colleague or teammate values. right? Maybe for you, you're like, I'm all in on this and I'll do whatever possible it takes to get the results. But your colleague may instead value efficiency. So having these two different values and having it out there might help you to understand your colleague. It might help your colleague to also understand you. Really being curious about a colleague's mantra might help you to appreciate her approach or his approach. And you might be able to learn something new. I mean, perhaps you realize that there's a time when you go all out for something and maybe a time when something needs to be more efficiently done without having all the bells and whistles. It really helps you to really understand a person's approach and it gives you more tools to deal with different kinds of situations. So that's the second step of divorcing the action from the person and really trying to see your colleague or your teammate in the best positive light possible. Next, stay focused on the goal. You know, I, there are times when I do realize that the task at hand is pretty simple to do. But because of the social dynamics, you know, I got to make sure that people are not offended. I have to make sure that I'm not offended. I have to walk on eggshells sometimes, and that can be really exhausting, even though the task itself may be something quite simple. And if my tasks are behind, I'm behind deadlines, that stresses me out even further. So I concentrate on what I can control, my task. I know that at the start of podcast, I said that in this stage, because there is so much about the team dynamics that are challenging, that the productivity of the team is lower. But it also helps us to think about what we can control. And what we can control is our task and to be intentional about what we focus on. Do we want to focus on the social dynamics or do we want to focus on the task? Because if I don't focus on the task, I'm behind my deadlines, I get even more frustrated with myself. So much better for me to focus on my task. Now, this is a time for us to rise beyond the squabbles and see the bigger picture of the goal ahead. Caring equally about the social dynamics at the expense of my task sometimes result in split energy. So I double down on the task that I need to do and I try my best to focus on the task. So that's one method. Sometimes I also try an alternative method. I turn to the big picture of my life. Like staying focused on the goal can mean staying focused on the task or staying focused on my own life goals. Like think about a particular squabble that I'm in or a particular um, challenging social dynamics. And I ask myself, like, will this situation affect me in 10 years? If it doesn't, then I just rein myself in when I get too deep into something. There's no point like going all in, getting upset and worked up when this situation will really have no impact on me in 10 years. And not only that, it gives me no joy in this present moment. So if it's not something that I think it's going to be very important, 
in 10 years or even in 5 years, then I just put it aside. So these are three different tips I shared with you on how you can manage yourself in this present situation. So the tips, one, acceptance. Two, divorcing the action of your teammate from the person, himself or herself. And three, staying focused on the goal, either on the task that you need to do or your own life goals. But then working on your own behavior is just the start. There's also a need to resolve things at the team level if it were to move past the storming stage safely to the norming stage. Because if teams cannot be open enough with each other to express what its issues are, to communicate constructively, to work at resolving them, then they will get stuck. So one tip that the team can try to work on is number four, is to be willing to revisit the norms and rules drafted earlier. Now, what does it mean? As team members and the task evolve, there's a need to further clarify or revisit the team goals, individual roles and responsibilities. And that might mean that some team norms and rules may need to be realigned. If you are someone who likes a comfort zone, you might have to be willing to keep an open mind. In a previous example, I was sharing at the start of this podcast, I said that, you know, some people don't like having face-to-face meeting. Some people don't like discussing in a chat group. So here you got to revisit the norms of the team. So here you need to clarify or revisit your roles, your responsibilities and your goals. For example, you might have to discuss what compromise can we reach? Or what rules and boundaries do we place? Perhaps everyone agrees. Now, if we're meeting face-to-face, it needs to be kept to 90 minutes maximum. So here you have a certain compromise that's being reached. For those who don't like to have meetings, then you just say, okay, we'll keep it at 90 minutes maximum. So there's a limit. And then you set another boundary. All right, you know, it's not been working having discussions on the chat, on the Telegram chat. And we also need to place new rules. For example, we need to say, okay, here, if we are going to discuss something on chat, everybody needs to respond by the end of a day. So we're not going to have a situation where there's a question left hanging and nobody wants to address it. Now, so this is a compromise situation, but it could be the best alternative to a breakdown in productivity or the breakup of the team, and it could be worth trying. So this is really going on to the next stage of norming, which I'll talk about later on further in this podcast series. So it's true. I mean, conflict and discord can be all kinds of awkward, but yet it can be an opportunity. It really helps each member to make a stand so that can excel in the roles that they truly believe in. Because it's when you have a conflict that you realize where you stand. But the trick is to be able to be assertive or to be able to express where you stand and just have an understanding of where everyone else is at. It can strengthen ideas and processes when loopholes are discovered. 
Now, I'm not saying that everyone is going to be happy in the team all the time. And sometimes it's really just about holding the tension, just enough to be able to work and understand each other better. I mean, we're not living in a la-la land, right? Or a universe of ponies and rainbows. So sometimes it's also okay or just enough at that stage to just hold the tension and still get things done. Now, in this podcast episode, I've mentioned two conflict management strategies, avoidance and compromise. And actually, we are going to move on to different strategies in the next episode. Um, And this is part of the Thomas Kilman model. So I hope that this is just a start and I hope that it gives you a few more useful tools to ride out this period of storm with your team. So all the best in your group work or your project and we'll talk soon. And hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star rating or a review. It helps us to increase our reach on iTunes so that more people know about what we do here at our VRC.